0: This is what's new and what's next from the team behind Civic at the San Francisco Public Press. I'm Sylvie Sturm. First, what's new in the city? Laguna Honda Hospital has two weeks to fix serious problems or risk closure. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that Medicare and Medicaid funding was in jeopardy after two non-fatal overdoses at the facility last July. A shutdown would displace 700 patients, many of them some of the city's most vulnerable residents. On March 22, the state put Laguna Honda in immediate jeopardy for non-compliance with federal standards. That designation was lifted five days later when the hospital added new restrictions on visitors bringing in contraband, enhanced safety searches, and other reforms. State officials with the California Department of Public Health said they were working with Laguna Honda to bring the hospital into compliance and avoid closure. The chance for renters and landlords to apply for federal pandemic relief funds to cover back rents expired on March thirty-first, leaving people who haven't applied at risk for future eviction. Those who have applied are protected from eviction while their claim is being processed. Meanwhile, the state has extended an eviction moratorium until the end of June, but tenants who haven't applied for relief funds or reached an agreement with their landlord face eviction after that. The San Francisco Public Press Rent Relief Tracker found that as of February 25th, requests for rent assistance in San Francisco were about $116 million beyond authorized funds, but the state may reallocate money from other counties in the future. Learn more at sfpublicpress.org. A proposed map of new boundaries for San Francisco's 11th Supervisor District has drawn furious backlash. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that hundreds of residents attended the city's redistricting task force meeting on Saturday, most of them opposed to the proposal. Part of the plan would split the Tenderloin and South of Market, which could have big political repercussions. Community leaders say the two neighbourhoods have strong ties and separating them would dilute their political power. But the task force chair said the new boundaries could create a stronger black voting district by joining black Tenderloin residents with voters in the Fillmore area. Under the proposal, the Tenderloin would join District 5, which consists of the Fillmore, the Western Edition, Hayes Valley and other neighbourhoods. The district would no longer include Haight-Ashbury, the area north of the Panhandle, and other neighbourhoods on its current west side. The map hasn't been finalised. The task force can still change course. New boundaries need to be in place by April 15th. BART will continue to offer its current level of service through at least June 2025, despite a major drop-off in the ridership during the pandemic. The San Francisco Examiner reports that the agency had expected to face major cuts in service a year earlier after it burned through $1.5 billion in emergency federal funding. An additional $271 million in new federal funding will give the agency another year to recover. Weekend ridership is about half of what it was before the pandemic, and weekday ridership remains at just 35%. BART officials expect ridership to be 70% of normal by 2026, which will mean ongoing deficits once the federal funds expire. That shortfall would require either fare increases or a ballot measure to ask voters for more funding. A 2022 Bay Area Council poll has uncovered a deep malaise settling over the region. The poll revealed that a record 64% of residents say the Bay Area is headed in the wrong direction, That's a 14% jump from last year and the highest level of dissatisfaction since the poll began in 2014. A council press release stated that residents' top concerns were about the housing shortage and affordability crisis and the homelessness crisis. Crime jumped to third on the list. Overall, the number of residents who say the Bay Area is the best place on earth to live dropped 8 points to 49%. The same percentage said they plan to leave in the next few years. The upshot was that around three-quarters of respondents said the region is a center of innovation and offers good educational and job opportunities. That's what's new. Here's what's coming up next on the city's calendar. On Tuesday, the Board of Supervisors will meet. On the agenda are two resolutions intended to help survivors of domestic violence. First is a resolution urging the California State Senate to pass a bill empowering survivors facing eviction, An ACLU survey showed that just over half of unhoused women across the country said domestic violence was an immediate cause of their homelessness. The bill would let survivors use eviction protection even if the abuser had moved out. And it let survivors pursue landlords who evict victims because of domestic abuse. The second resolution urged President Biden to close the partner loophole. The term refers to a gap in federal gun laws that allows violent abusers of dating partners to access guns. Currently, a domestic abuser is barred from owning a gun only if the couple had ever married or lived together, or if they share a child. The board's resolution calls for the federal government to also ban gun ownership to dating partners who were convicted of domestic violence. The Land Use and Transportation Committee will meet on Monday. On the agenda is an ordinance to permanently ban private vehicles from JFK Drive in Golden Gate Park. At a rally promoting car-free JFK last February, Supervisor Dean Preston made his views clear. So we are in a climate and a street safety crisis. We need to act boldly to address these threats to make our streets safe. And car-free JFK is an absolutely essential part of that fight. The proposal has drawn some heat from disabilities advocates and senior citizen groups who say it would severely limit their ability to access the park. The ordinance also directs the City's Recreation Department to come up with a plan to expand shuttle and paratransit van service as well as accessible parking spots. The committee will also weigh in on a controversial ordinance to end single-family zoning in much of San Francisco. The measure would allow buildings of up to four units in most single-family housing zoning and six units on corner lots. The proposal is meant to address the City's housing affordability and availability crisis. Opponents say it would only serve to undermine community, harm the environment, and enrich predatory real estate companies. The issue may not be resolved on Tuesday, however. The agenda states that the Committee can push the item to Tuesday, April 18th. The six-acre Battery Bluff area of the Presidio Tunnel Tops Park is set to open on April 23rd. It's part of a new parkway that moves traffic from the Presidio to the Golden Gate Bridge through two tunnels between views of the Bay and Palace of Fine Arts. The Battery Bluff area provides a greenway on top of the western set of tunnels between the Presidio and Crissy Field. Another 14-acre green space will open on July 17th, completing the project. The $118 million project was paid for by the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy and the Presidio Trust. This has been What's New and What's Next. Our music is from the Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Sylvie Sturm. Thanks for listening.